0: Is that India? What happened to her hair? Well, if I want to shave it closer, I want to rock locks like, that'll take a bit away from the soul that I got. Little girl with the press and AJ Eight, I got a Jerry curl Thirteen, then I got a relaxer I was not source of so much laughter and Fifteen, when it all broke off Eighteen, then I went on natural. February 2002 I went on and did what I had to do Because it was time to change my life To become the woman that I am inside Ninety-seven dreadlocks all gone I looked in the mirror for the first time And saw that hey, hey I am not my hair, I am not the skin I am not your expectations, no, no I am not my hair, I am not the skin I am the soul that lives within What's she doing to her hair? I don't know, that's crazy I like it Good hair means curls and waves Bad hair means you look like a slave At the turn of the century It's time for us to redefine who we be You can it off like a South African beauty Got it on lock like Bob Marley You can rock it straight like Oprah Winfrey If it's not what's on your head, it's what's underneath and say Hey, I, I am not my hair I am not this skin your expectations no I am not my hair I am not the skin I am the soul that lives within does the way I wear my hair make me a better person does the way I wear my hair make me a better friend does the way I wear Turn my integrity I am expressing my creativity Breast cancer and chemotherapy it took away her crown and glory She promised that if she was to survive She would enjoy every day of her life oh, On national television Her diamond eyes are sparkling oh. Singing out to the whole wide world like Hey, hey I hey, am not my head I am not my head I am not skin I am not your, your expectations No, hey, I am not my head, head. No, no, I, I am not my hair. I am so I am so soul, that lives. I am soul that lives with If it. I wanna shave a coat, so I wanna rock rocks, that'll take a bit away from the soul that I got. If I wanna wear it braided all down my back, I don't see nothing wrong with
1: good morning good morning good morning my people welcome back to diving with Sharon I'm your host Sharon and today we're going to dive into a few topics Firstly, I want to start by saying happy Juneteenth to all my brothers and sisters out there who are celebrating. For those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is the oldest national celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. But we're going to touch a little bit about that too. So I also want you guys to know we're going to be touching a little bit on relationships just a smidge, nothing crazy. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to take any callers, but we still will be able to take some questions. During um, through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you have me on. Go ahead and just type away your questions and I'll be more than happy to answer those when it comes to relationships. Now, for our first segment today, we're going to go ahead and dive into what exactly June 19th is. What happened on that specific day. Why we celebrate it, Why we should make it a paid holiday for those who are working. In my personal opinion. And last but not least let's talk a little bit about what is, has been going on here in the united states and around the world in the last couple of weeks now let's dive into a little bit of the history of june 19th now like i mentioned before june 19th is or in other words juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the united states now dating back to 1865 It was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed at Galveston, I don't remember if it's called Galveston or Galveston, or Galveston. Point is, it was in Texas, with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were now free. Now note, this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. Which had become official January 1863. Now mind you, the the commemoration of ending of slavery in the United States dating back to 1865 on June 19th, like I said, um in Texas, that was two years and a half, I guess. Two years and a half after the Eman- emancipation proclamation put in by um President Lincoln, you know. And um, the Emancipation Proclamation had little impact on Texas due to the minimal number of Union troops to enforce the new executive order. However, with the surrender of General Lee in April of 1865 and the arrival of General Granger's regiment, the forces were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance. For those of you who don't understand what I just said, Basically, what it's saying is that when um, the Emancipation Proclamation went through um, on January 1st, 1863, slaves were being free left and right, baby. They were letting go. They were free people now. They were more than welcome to go live their life now. Firstly, I would like to mention, as it should be, those who don't agree with me don't really care. Um, That's my opinion. If you feel otherwise, if you feel like slaves should continue to be slaves, I don't want you to write me. I want you just to take a good look, look in the mirror and let me know what the hell is wrong with you. Moving on. So, um, there was not enough impact in Texas because of the number of Union troops that were there to enforce the new proclamation. And the new executive order, whatever you call it, and so when um, General Lee, who was in command in Texas at the time in April on eighteen sixty five, resigned and he surrendered, when General Granger arrived, and like I said, um, Major General Granger was the one who landed in Galveston, Texas, with the news that the war had ended and then the slaves were now free, when he arrived. The forces that he was with were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance of those in Texas who were not allowing the frees to be slaves at the time after the Emancipation Proclamation had already gone through and slaves were being left out left and right. Now, later attempts to explain this two-and-a-half-year delay and the, recep- the receipt of this important news have yielded several versions that have handed down through the years. Often told is the story of a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with the news of freedom. Another one, basically what they're saying, another one, this is another version of the story, is that the news was deliberately withheld by the enslavers to maintain the labor force of the plantations. How y'all feel about that? So basically there there was a messenger, I'm sorry, but let me tell you something. If you're living up in Texas... And you're one of those people who are in high power. You're going to say you didn't know. You knew. So, I'm going to go ahead and go with the second one. Because them saying that they were sending out, sending a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with the news of freedom. Well, obviously, if he was murdered, somebody knew. I guess. And the other one was that they deliberately were held by the, enslavers, by the enslavers to maintain labor force for the plantation. Which makes sense. And still is that federal troops actually waited for the slave owners to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. Basically, what they're saying is that some of the people who were um federal troops actually waited for slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. Federal troops. So basically what they're saying, some of the leaders didn't know. The federal troops did know, and they were waiting for them to reap the harv- to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to those enslavers and letting them know that the Emancipation Proclamation had been passed through and that the slaves were ha- happy to go. All of which, and none of these versions, could be true. They could all be true. There could be a messenger. They could have deliberately withheld the enslavers, and the, the federal troops could have had something to do with it. This could all be true, or none of the versions could be true certainly for some president lincoln's authority over the rebellious states was in question whatever the reason conditions in texas remain status quo well beyond what was statutory one of the general granger's first orders of business was to read to the people of texas the general order number three which began most significantly significantly with the people of texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States. All slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights. And rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection year 2-4. Existing between them. Becomes that between employer and hired laborer. You know I just want to side point something that came into my head real quick and I just want to steer clear steer a little bit from what we're talking about real quick and it still has a lot to do with on but I say but just a little bit for away from Juneteenth you have to think about all these people who used to own slaves black people were not free black people did not own property black people did not have money black people were picking cotton in fields for years and generations and years and generations and years and generations okay and all these white people they had these houses these homes these positions of power and throughout the years you're able to pass down pass down pass that down to your generations to come after you and your family members and etc right and think about it this way you're a black person who have just been has been enslaved for years you get released because now slaves are free you know, because of the Proclamation in Emancipation, and um, but that doesn't stop racism. You know, racism is still alive. Racism was still existing in these people's minds. You know, just because you end something, you know, on a federal level, on a governmental level, doesn't mean that people are still not sick in their heads and think that black people are not equals because they're black. You know? And so being able to buy homes, get jobs, basically, you know, the general order number three says that um the connection heretofore existing between them them being the the slaves um becomes that between employing and hiring labor that means you know, hiring them that means you have to pay them. They no longer work for free, they're no longer slaves, they're now working on a wage for a wage but the situation with that is that people still i i believe in my heart that it was still difficult for them to get jobs um and get paid fairly um it was still difficult for them to buy property and homes and it was probably hard and the thing that sucks is that if you look at it from now people are saying i don't understand why black people are so behind in life and why don't they own the things white people do and why aren't they on social levels like most white people are well we gotta understand we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of of oppression and backed up and i don't even know how to explain it like black people didn't have the chance that most white people have now you know a lot of the things that a lot of people have, have been because of generational passings, not because they actually worked hard for it. I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's really what it is. I mean, I'm not saying this. Everybody, kudos to the people who actually worked hard to ha- get what they have and to become who they are in society and have a certain platform, a certain amount of money, a certain amount of companies. You know, congratulations to those people. You worked hard. You deserve it. But... Anybody who understands what I'm saying is understanding what I'm saying and those who don't are because y'all yeah, don't want to. So now let's move on. After so after General Granger, you know, read to the people of Texas the order, the reactions to this profound news ranged from pure shock to immediate jubilation. While some lingered to learn of this new employer to employee relationship, many left before these offers were completely off the lips of their former masters attesting to the varying conditions of the plantations and the realization of freedom so some people stuck around to hear about the news and learn more about oh what is an employee this is where employee and employers came from you gotta understand people being hired to work came from being free from being a slave everything stems from being freed from being a slave, Jesus. Um, others, they did not even care. This is a jubilation they came from. They were gone. They dipped. In those of you don't know what did means, it means they left with the fastness immediately, expeditiously. They were gone. They did not care about um, what they had to say about employee-employer relationship because of the varying conditions of the platforms and the realization of what freedom is. Um. Even with nowhere to go, many felt that leaving the plantation would be their first grasp of freedom. Um, North was a log- logical destination and for many it represented true freedom. While the desire to reach family members and neighboring states drove some into Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. And that's why you hear a lot of people say, oh, go back to Louisiana, go back to Arkansas, go back to Oklahoma. Because that's where a lot of free slaves went to. Which by the way, if someone tells you that, you're a whole racist. Moving on. Um, settling into these new areas as free men and women brought on new realities and the challenges of establishing a heretofore non existent status for black people in America. Do you understand what that means? Non existent status for black people in America. There was no poor because at least if you were poor you at least had your freedom there was no middle class there was no higher class there was nothing there was no rich there was no moves of power there was nothing it was a non-status non-existing status for black people in america recounting the memories of that great day in june of 1865 and its festivities would serve as motivation as well as a release for the growing pressures encountered in the new territories The celebration of June 19th was coined Juneteenth and grew with more reassuring each other for praying and for gathering remaining family members. Juneteenth continued to be highly revered in Texas decades later, with many former slaves and descendants making annual pilgrimage back to Galveston on this date. a lot of people ask, how would you celebrate Juneteenth festivities and different types of food? Well, a range of activities were provided to entertain the masses, many of which continue to tradition today. Rodeos, fishing, barbecuing, baseball, just a few of typical Juneteenth activities you may witness. Juneteenth almost always focus on education and self-improvement. Thus, often guest speakers are brought in and the elders are called upon to recount the events of the past. Prayer services were also a major part of these celebrations. You gotta understand, man, this is this is such an amazing, positive thing that was for slaves. You were free from being a slave, from being belittled, whipped, worked hard, starved, raped um mistreated people think all oh, are slaves working in the fields and stuff you don't understand the things these people went through like they had just to give you a little perspective they had women being raped having children just to breed more children just to have more slaves in the out in the fields they had children raping their own mothers and sisters so they can have babies proclamate proclamating so they can have more kids to have more slaves, the women who are just a little lighter of complexion were being held inside their homes inside the slave homes, cleaning up and doing what it is because just because they weren't they weren't light but they weren't dark, but they were still being raped they were still being beaten, they were being breeded, and it's like they were animals, and it's disgusting, truly disgusting, you know and it's it was something, and a lot of people don't put it in perspective. And a lot of people say, well, Juneteenth, is not an actual holiday. So why do people celebrate? What even is an actual holiday? Christmas was an actual Day until somebody said so. Neither was Thanksgiving. Neither was Easter. Neither was um President's Day. The only reason why they made President's Day, because if I'm not mistaken, George Lincoln and Jefferson Thomas had birthdays around the same time. And they are like, oh, let's just make a President's Day month. Whatever. All of those made-up holidays. Oh, Labor Day oh that's that's called labor day because we want to thank people for working so hard in america and we deserve a day off that's literally why it's called labor day everything is made up holidays all of these things were not holidays until someone said so so why can't juneteenth be a holiday when someone proclamates something when something i'm sorry proclamates when someone decides this is a holiday this is what it is and we have enough people to decide that this should be a paid holiday then it should be a holiday because this actually is significant this actually means something you know what i'm saying so, just wanted to share a little bit about that. Anyways, prayer services were also a major part of these celebrations. You know, there was a lot of religious amongst these people. As long, even though they were being oppressed to the total maximum capacity, they still had their faith in God. And that, my friends, is what I call <sighs> being faithful. My God, I couldn't even imagine going through years and years and years of oppression and. Still believing that God loved you, man you gotta you gotta have some type of heart, man um certain foods became popular and subsequent subsequently these synonyms with June nineteenth celebrations, such as strawberry soda pop, more traditional just as popular was the barbecuing through which Juneteenth participants could share in the spirit and aromas with their ancestors. The newly emancipated African-Americans will have experience during their ceremonies, hence the barbecue pit. It is often established as the center of attention at Juneteenth celebrations. Food was abundant because everyone prepared a special dish, meats such as lamb. Mm, I love me some lamb. We're going to talk about that in another second, man, why I love me some lamb. I'm Jewish, y'all. Me and my family celebrate the feast within the Bible, described in the Bible, just as a little um background. Described in the Bible, and we eat lamb on occasions, and I just love it. Um, they eat pork. I personally don't eat pork, but you guys don't care. Moving on. Beef, which were not available every day, were brought on the special occasion. True Juneteenth celebration left visitors well satisfied and well enough conversation to last until the next. Dress was also an important element in early Juneteenth customs and often still taken seriously, particularly by direct descendants who can make the connection to these tradition. roots. Um, during slavery... There were laws on the books and many errors that prohibited or limited the dressing of the enslaved. During the initial days of the Emancipation celebrations, there were accounts of former slaves tossing their ragged garments into the creeks and rivers and adorning themselves with clothing taken from the plantations belonging to their former masters. Wow, that's insane. Um, in the early years, little interest existed outside of African-American community in participation and celebrations. Some cases, there were outwardly exhibited resistance by barring the use of public property for the festivities. People really did not want de- to celebrate. I'm telling you, racism did not de- all control or all delete when the Emancipation Proclamation was passed. You know, so people were really trying to stop them from celebrating and not allowing them to use public property for these festivities. Um, Most of the festivities found themselves out in rural areas around rivers and creeks that could provide for, you know, a more traditional, you know, a more traditional um, celebration and additional to these activities you know they went fishing horseback riding barbecues and often church grounds were the site for such activities eventually as african americans became landowners, land was donated and dedicated for these festivities thank the lord jesus one of the earliest documented land purchases in the name of juneteenth was organized by reverend jack yates this fundraising effort yielded $1,000 and made possible the purchase of the Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas. And Maxia, the local Juneteenth organization, purchased Booger T. Washington Park, which had become the Juneteenth celebration site in 1898. Which was like, what, 30 years? 34 years after they were freed? There were accounts, and let me tell you something, the first the first, the first and earliest documented land purchases in the name of Juneteenth was around 1898. It took them almost 34 years after the five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, 34 years after they were released, for them to even have somewhere where they that they can celebrate and not be barred from doing. There are accounts of Juneteenth activities being interrupted and haunted by white landowners demanding that their laborers return to work. I don't understand what the problem was. Jesus Christ. However, it seems most allowed their workers the day off and celebrations flourished, growing continuously with each passing year. In Booker T. Washington Park, as many as 20,000 African Americans once attended during the course of a week, making the celebration one of the state's largest that's actually pretty amazing. Um, economic and cultural forces led to decline in Juneteenth activities and participants beginning in the early 1900s. Um, classroom and textbook education in the lieu of traditional home and family taught practices stifled the interest of youth due to less emphasis and details on the lives of former slaves. Classroom textbook proclaimed Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation of January 1, 1863 as a date of signaling the ending of slavery and mention little or nothing of the impact of General Granger's arrival on June 19th. That's disgusting, y'all. Like, how are you not going to put that in the history books? Because that's not important. Because they're more focused on a white man and what he did for black people than the, what actually the black people did for themselves. That's all that matters. As long as it was the white man leading the proclamation, as long as it was the white man who signed the papers, as long as it was the white man who made it happen, and blah, 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 blah. They don't care about. What happened in Texas? They don't care about General Granger's arrival on June, in June and 19th to let them know, hey, y'all, y'all good to go. No, they didn't care about that. You know? Um, the Depression forced many people of the farms into the cities to find work. In these urban environments, employers were less eager to grant leaves to celebrate the day. Thus, unless June 19th fell on a weekend or holiday, there were very, very few participants available. July 4th was already the established independence holiday, and as a rise in patronism, steered more towards celebration. So people were more focused on celebrating the 4th of July than they were to celebrate um, Juneteenth. And I feel like it is really important for people to educate themselves. 4th of July was, you know, Independence Day for the United States of America. You don't understand how the United States of America came to be. You don't understand what Hades did for a lot of these countries. Do y'all even know how Hawaii became a state? Like, of... Because Hawaii was trying to be their own country. You know? And the Americans, they went over there, kidnapped their queen, beat her raped her did whatever they did to her to have her sign over the country saying if you don't sign over the country we're going to kill your people you know what she did i want to keep people saying sign it over and next thing you know boom hawaii's part of america now i've been part of the united states you know the freedom the 4th of july independence day oh please 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 i'm gonna refrain from saying what i really want to say and let's just move on The civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s yielded both positive and negative results for the Juneteenth celebrations. While it pulled many of the African-American youth away into the struggle of racial equality, many linked these struggles to the historical struggles of their ancestors. This was evidenced by student demonstrators involved in the Atlanta civil rights campaign in the early 1960s who wore Juneteenth freedom buttons. Again, in 1968, Juneteenth received another strong resurgence through the Poor People's March to Washington, D.C. Reverend Ralph Abernathy's call for the people of all races, creeds, economic levels, and professions to come to Washington to show support for the poor. Many of these attendees returned home and initiated Juneteenth celebrations in areas previously absent of such activities. In fact, two of the largest Juneteenth celebrations founded after this march are now held in Milwaukee and Minneapolis. Let me tell you something, if I'm ever over owner of a, of, a, of a practice, Juneteenth will definitely be a paid holiday. On January 1st, 1980, Juneteenth became an official state holiday through the efforts of Al Edwards, an African-American state legislator. The successful passage of this bill marked Juneteenth as the first emancipation celebration granted official state recognition. Edwards has since actively sought out to spread the observance of Juneteenth all across America. Today, Juneteenth is enjoying a phenomenal growth rate with communities and organizations throughout the country. Institutions such as the Smithsonian and Henry Ford Museum and others have begun sponsoring Juneteenth-centered activities. Well, y'all really should, all you own are Juneteenth artifacts and even before that, in recent years, but I'm 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 so thankful. Um, in recent years, a number of local and national Juneteenth organizations have arisen to take their place alongside older organizations, all with the mission to promote and cultivate knowledge and appreciation of African American history and culture. Juneteenth today celebrates African American freedom and achievement, while encouraging continuous self development and respect for all cultures. As it takes on a more national, symbolic, and even global perspective, the events of 1865 in Texas are not forgotten. For all of the roots tie back to this fertile soil from which a national day of pride is growing. The future of Juneteenth looks bright as the numbers of cities and states creating Juneteenth committees, committees continues to increase. Respect and appreciation for all of our differences grow out of exposure and working together. Getting involved and supporting Juneteenth celebration creates new bonds of friendship and understanding among us. This indeed brightens our future, and that is the spirit of Juneteenth. And y'all, let me tell you something. Um, it, I feel like it's really important for people to educate themselves in regards to Juneteenth, what it is, where it came from, Um where to celebrate how to celebrate what it actually means, what happened during those times. You know, not just say, Oh, happy Juneteenth. Like know why you're doing what you're doing, why it's important, you know, um why it's important to your family members. Why is important to the people around you, why isn't the people important to the people who actually celebrate um with the meaning behind it, you know, that's really important. Um it's really important that we all understand um what happened during those times you know who who did what when how how things got to where they are what point like these are all questions you should be asking yourself the who's the what's the where's the why's the how comes you know um but you know that's enough about that um June teens we'll touch a little bit when we come back and then we'll also discuss a couple of the other things that i've been wanting to talk about this is diving with Sharon, and we'll be back after this um small break enjoy because i am a queen by india ari we're giving you guys all the vibes today
0: The lesson that is all about your perceptions. Hey, are you a popper or a superstar? So you act, so you feel, so you are. It ain't about the size of your car. It's about the size of a baby, in your heart. There's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay the laugh. You better thank God for that. There's hope. Because I think to smile, you don't have to pay your life, you better thank God for that. There's Off no... in the back country of Brazil, I met a young brother that made me feel that, that I could accomplish anything. You see, just like me, he wanted to sing, he had no windows and no doors he lived a simple life and was extremely poor on top of all of that he had no eyesight but that didn't keep him from seeing the light he said. us alike in the usa and all i did was complain Living said living here is paradise he taught me paradise is in your mind you know that there's hope it doesn't cost a thing to smile you don't have to pay the last you better thank God for that, there's hope, it doesn't cost a thing to smile, you don't have to pay to laugh, you better thank God for that, there's hope, every time I turn on the TV, there's hope, somebody's acting crazy, there's hope, when you let it, it'll drive you crazy, there's hope, when I'm taking back my power today, there's hope, on life, we gotta keep on surviving, keep living our truth and do the best we can do, cause there's hope, it doesn't cost a thing to smile, you don't have to pay to laugh, you better thank God for that, Yeah, yeah, there's hope, it doesn't cost a thing to smile, you don't have to pay to laugh. ma between and nowhere I wanna go to a place where time has no consequences oh yeah the sky opens to my prayers I wanna go to beautiful Right now these walls are closing in
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Diving with Sharon. I'm your host, Sharon. And before we left on our break, we were talking a little bit about the proclamation emancipation put in by um, Abraham Lincoln to set the slaves free in 1963. But it wasn't up until 1865 that it got to Texas where the enslaved were finally freed 100% at last. Um, and we talked a little bit about what Juneteenth was, what it represented, who, what, where, and why, and the things you ask you ask, things you should ask yourself about this particular holiday, and why it makes it so important, and why it's so important for you to read your history, because a lot of these facts and information are left out of our history books, and they're not teaching this to our children. They were definitely weren't teaching them to me, so I can only imagine how much more washed it could be now. But I want to step into something a little lighter now. Now that we're a few minutes before we end the show, I want to talk a little bit about relationships. And the reason being is that just yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine and, you know, I'm 24 year olds. I'll be 25 in two months, halfway to 30 and... She wanted to know why I was still single and what it was that I was looking for. Now, let me tell you guys something. There's some people who have standards that are up the butt who are just straight picky and ignorant with what they want. I can't be with a man who, who's not a CEO. I can't be with a man. Those are Those are different. Those are things that that's your opinion, that's it. That's what you like, that's what you like, I guess, and I really don't think it has anything to do with who a man is, but if you want a man who's a CEO and blah, 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 blah this, that, and the third, that's your business, what I told her was that it took me a long time to get to know myself, it took me a long time to love myself. It took me a long time to recognize what I want, what my needs were, what my wants were, you know. And I feel like I want to share that with somebody who's going to want to understand me. Who's going to want to learn my love language and I'm going to want to learn his love language. Because each person is loved differently. Each person is going to want to be caressed and treated in different ways. And that's why it's important to learn your person. Understand your person um, that you're spending your life with, who you want to spend time with, who you want to um, share your life with. And I also said that I'm not willing to be with someone who's going to belitter me and squish me down and mistreat me and disrespect me and treat me like a piece of dirt whenever they feel like it because they're a little bit upset because they refuse to communicate. I refuse to be with someone who understands they, they have Toxic qualities, for example, if you know you're the type of person that you like to be disrespectful and come out the mouth crazy and try to diminish whoever it is that you're having a conversation with, be that your significant other or whomever it may be, and you don't care and you say, that's just how I am, I'm not going to change. You're aware that there's something about you, there's a trait about you that's toxic, that makes people uncomfortable, that hurts people, that makes the person that you quote unquote love feel neglected, disgusting, makes them feel bad about themselves and you're refusing to do anything about that i refuse to be with someone who does not want to acknowledge where they're at fault and want to change and fix those negative qualities if i'm willing to do that i would like for someone to also be willing to do that within my relationship. And I also want someone who will be supportive and loving. And although not all people are perfect, I understand that. I'm very far from perfect myself as well as a lot of my friends and family members that I've seen in relationships. My thing is that I want to be with someone who is willing to work at our imperfections and to remember always keeping God first in our relationship. And to use him as our source of strength and not only from each other because we will wear each other out in that. Is where the problem comes. And someone who also understands that it's not my job to keep them happy. It is my job, however, within the relationship to keep a healthy essence. Is it are also my part of the relationship. To keep a healthy relationship. But it's not my due diligence to make sure that you are happy. That is your job. To make sure that you are happy. I cannot make you happy. You know, I, you cannot make another individual happy. I, myself, being with you can make you happy happy at moments but to make you happy overall in life generally that's something that you have to find for yourself because at the end of the day although we have become one you're still an individual who is in charge of pursuing their own happiness you know whatever those are my standards and I feel like being in a relationship there's a lot of do's and don'ts and um, I have a couple questions from a couple people who have written me on social media who had questions um, and some I can answer some, I can't. Um so I'm going to try my best. So here we go. Um One of the questions is does your significant other have to have your back no matter what? Listen. Life has a way of throwing things at you, why which is why it's important to know that your partner has your back. Um it might seem a little silly, but this is the kind of question that can catch someone off guard if you don't really, autom- if you they don't really automatic if they really don't automatically have a res- positive response. You know, having each other's backs is a form of trust. Without trust, moving to the next level may be a little bit difficult, and that's why it's equally important y'all to to notice each other's behaviors observe each other's behaviors it it may seem a you might seem a bit, they might seem a bit unsure of the answer or you don't trust the response and it may be best to wait um another one of my questions is someone wrote me in um Lynn wrote in what do you consider cheating shout out to Lynn we're actually in the same broadcasting class right now and she said what do you consider cheating um cheating for many people mean different things um, it's just not physical cheating there are other things to look out for like emotional cheating um financial in- infidelity and all of which can be equally damaging um if you're about to if you're ready you're about to be ready to take your relationship to the next level you will want to be on the same page about what your boundaries are including what is and isn't okay um a few things that can destroy a relationship are jealousy and infidelity infidelity and so it's crucial that you and your partner understand where you draw the line on deals like texting people or watching porn. Some people think that cheating is watching porn. Um, and some people think that financial infidelity and not being physically responsible um, is cheating. Like not being physically responsible with your money is cheating. Um, taking on a separate bank account and saving hope into money and not telling your spice about it is cheating. Emotional cheating, becoming emotionally unavailable in your relationship and being emotionally involved with someone else um, or physically, you know. And as uncomfortable as the conversation can be, it is infinitely better than the alternative which is finding out what you think cheating is when it happens. So, make sure that you and your partner appreciate each other's stance on what cheating is. Discuss it. Talk about it. And respect it. You know, because everybody has their own um opinion on what cheating is. I have another question from a dear friend who wants to stay anonymous. And that's okay. Shout out to you. Wink, wink. And um, he says... How much honesty do you believe is actually needed in a relationship? Honesty is obviously one of the most important things you can have in your relationship. But some people may feel like there are things you shouldn't have to share with your partner. Um, Ask your partner if they feel partners should be honest about everything. And if not, why shouldn't they be honest? That's something that you should talk about, you know? Um, if they feel like they shouldn't be honest about everything, ask them what they shouldn't be honest about. Um, it's important to know early on if your partner is a type to like keep secrets and stuff. And if they are, is that something you can actually be okay with? And in what in what terms do they define secrets? Do they think that copy keeping secrets is privacy? Because there's a difference between keeping secrets and privacy, having your own space. Um, you know. And if they are, is that something you're... Something you can actually be okay with. You know? It's it's relaxing to love someone you trust. You know? Being with someone. You know? Someone you know. That doesn't hide parts of their life. And will happily offer the truth. Without you feeling as if you're yanking it out of them. That's a relaxing feeling. Not, that's a feeling that a lot of people. You know? Long for. A lot of people are... Looking for that relationship where they don't feel like they have to literally drag, you know, the truth out of their spouses. They, they're just willing to just tell them the truth. And that they don't feel like they have to literally commit some kind of emotional murder just to get it out of them. You know what I'm saying? But that, like I said, each to their own. Each their own. So, let's move on. Um... Some people, you know, they find it difficult to communicate. But again, don't use that as an excuse to keep secrets because communication and secrets are too completely different. Things. Um, I have another question from a friend named Jordan who says, What do you want out of a relationship? In other words, where is this going? If you're going to take your relationship to the next level, you need to be on the same page. And that's where the question comes in handy. You know, when you ask the person you're with, what do you want out of this relationship? Basically, is what you're saying is that you want to take this to the next level. You know, both of you, even though you're in it together, could have a different idea of what the next level means. Therefore, y'all, it's important that you communicate and ask them what they want out of the relationship moving forward and once you have this conversation you and your partner will know what to expect from each other and how to fulfill each other's needs and that will make for a much stronger relationship and then if you're honest once they tell you what it is exactly they're looking for and if that's not for you you can choose to stick around or you can choose to leave and that's why it's important to be honest you want people to you want people to want what you want. Need what you need. You want them to stick around knowing what's happening. Not living under a shade. Thinking it's one thing and in your head you know it's something else. You know what I'm saying? So, that's really important that you guys communicate that information. Um, Another, one of the questions is. People are always asking about is what do you personally think of them having friends like separate friends outside of our relationship not saying like having another relationship but friends that they don't really know um talking about relationships of people you both know can be an interesting way to get a glimpse of inside each other's brains as well as what your partner hopes for in the future And asking your partner if they feel like their friends' relationships are happy and could even lead to a discussion about their views and marriage. But a lot of people, they're a little worried. So, if you don't want your partner to be with someone, friendship level, especially if they met before you, you know, there's nothing where just introduce yourselves and you guys can all be friends. You know, as long as they don't disrespect your relationship and cross a boundary in that fine line, then I don't think you should have anything to worry about, so... But um that was the last question of the day. Thank you those for who tuned in and those who didn't. I hope that you guys will join us next week um we had an interesting conversation and i can't wait for next week so we can bring something new spicy and fun to the table and more people can send in more questions and more of their thoughts and opinions and i'll be more than happy to oblige we can talk about them discuss them dissect them whatever you guys would like to do if you have a particular topic that you would like to introduce to the audience send us a little ring send us a text Send me a little message through uh Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you have me on. Send it through there, and we'll see if your topic gets picked for next week. Thank you so much for tuning in, y'all. Happy Juneteenth! I love you all. Thank you for sh- um uh, showing up for tune to- um diving with Sharon, where we dive into the greatest topics, the worst topics, and we dive right in. Enjoy this song by I called I Choose by India. Ari, because it's definitely been an India-Ari kind of day. you never
0: know what life is going to take you, and you can't change where you've been. But today, I have the opportunity to choose. Here I am now, looking at 30, and I got so much to say. I gotta get this off of my chest, I gotta let it go today. I was always too concerned about what everybody would think. But I can live for everybody I gotta live my life for me yeah. I've reached a fork in the road of my life Ain't nothing gonna happen unless I decide I choose to be the best that I can be I choose to be authentic in everything I choose to be authentic in everything some painful things i thought that i would never make it through filled up with shame from the top of my head to the soles of my shoes i put myself in so many chaotic circumstances